Hour 3, it's happy hour on the morning after on Sports Grid. Thanks for tuning in on Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. This hour, we'll go through the Major League Baseball card, Monday Night Football props, and Dave Sharpin, former odds maker, going to come on, try to give you the edge, and probably brag about the Pittsburgh Steelers winning yesterday. But I've already been mentally prepared for that. It's our West Coast wake up. If you're waking up with us there on the West Coast now, you've got two teams that were pretty profitable yesterday. First, the Los Angeles Rams. We have not touched much on Sunday Night Football from yesterday because we save it for you guys in case you're just waking up with us. The Rams got the win 34-14 over the Chicago Bears. Los Angeles was minus 8.5. They cover the spread. Matt Stafford making his debut in L.A. Great game. 20 of 26 for 321 yards, three touchdowns. See, Ben, unlike Jameis Winston, who didn't even hit 150 yards, this is a normal stat line. 20 of 26, 321 passing yards. Three touchdowns. It's not five touchdowns. He got the win, and he threw for over 300 yards. Great game. Yeah, but not quite as historic as Jameis Winston, who became the first NFL player in history to throw for less than 150 yards and five touchdowns. Certainly historic in comparison to 2020, when the LA Rams (laughs) threw for just two touchdowns of 50 or more yards. Well, Matt Stafford did that in his Los Angeles Rams debut last night against the Chicago Bears. Also, from a prop perspective, certainly look out for Cooper Cup the rest of the way this year, either in his receptions prop, just as it is, or his receiving yards prop, because he and Matthew Stafford, as the broadcast was highlighting last night, have certainly developed a wonderful relationship, and they are going to be going to each other each and every single game and multiple, multiple times throughout those contests. A great win for the LA Rams. The offense looked great. The defense still looks like one of the best in the NFL. And one final thing, Matt Nagy played Justin Fields. What are you doing? Anyway, on top of that, when you look at the Rams right now, last night's performance, incredibly impressive. Matthew Stafford specifically, you mentioned that great stat line, over 300 yards and three touchdowns. He has vaulted up the NFL MVP market right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. He has the second shortest odds behind Patrick Mahomes at 8-1. to one. He was somewhere like plus 1,600, plus 1,700 entering Sunday. A trendy pick with value before. Some of that value has been taken away, but Matthew Stafford looked to live up to that big acquisition in the offseason. All the billing that came with that for the LA Rams. Everything looked really, really good for the Rams. And again, an indication of how good the NFC West is going to be this year. All four teams in that division looking impressive and winning yesterday. The Rams now the second shortest odds, tied for the second shortest odds to win the NFC at plus 650, which is an interesting market discrepancy, Ariel, because the Rams have the second shortest odds to win their own division in the NFC West right now currently. The Rams are plus 210, the Niners are plus 185, but the Rams have shorter odds to win the NFC at plus 650. The Niners are 7 to 1 plus 700 to win the NFC Championship at the moment. It's interesting, not huge line movement, nothing to really take note of. However, I'm going to mention the lines and how they move from when these lines first came or when these lines were on September 9th right before kickoff to where they are now. First, you've got the 49ers, who on September 9th were at plus 190. Now they're at plus 185. The Rams were at 2-1. to one, They're now at plus 210. The Seahawks were at plus 270. Now at plus 260. The Cardinals were at 6-1. to one, Now 5-1. to one. What's interesting, Ben, and welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience, third hour of the morning after, Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Mightier 90 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. What stands out to me about just a 5-10 cent move is because – 
you've got the Rams with the line move against them, the only team that had this line move against them to win the division. Everyone else had a little bit of movement in their favor. The Niners moved five cents in their favor. The Seahawks moved 10 cents in their favor. And a full dollar for the Cardinals from six to one to five to one. Ben, isn't that a little strange? Very much so. And you could make the argument out of all teams yesterday, Arizona looked fantastic against Tennessee, but maybe most impactful was the Rams in Sunday night in primetime. So it's an interesting a bit of line movement there that it worked against the Rams. And again, it worked in the favor of the Rams when it comes to the NFC championship market and in the favor of Matthew Stafford in the NFL MVP. The Rams, by the way, on the road at the Colts next week, a four and a half point road favorite at the moment for week number two on the FanDuel Sportsbook. On the other side, the Los Angeles Chargers picked up the win 2016 over the Washington football team. The Chargers were plus two and a half. This was a line flip. It opened with the Chargers favorite at minus one and a half on the road. It then flipped to plus two and a half. Ben, clearly the line movement didn't matter in this one. Did not matter whatsoever. Justin Herbert, a great day yesterday, starting out his second season, a win in the first game, the debut in Los Angeles for the Chargers at least. For Brandon Staley, he was the D.C. last year for the Rams, now the head coach for Los Angeles. Another tight game, and maybe in years past, the Chargers don't win this game, either in San Diego under Phillip Rivers or even last year. But holding on on the road against Washington yesterday, a huge win for the Chargers. And we have seen some movement in their market as well as you look at their odds to make the playoffs. If I can find them currently in my notes, there they are. The yes to make the playoffs now for the L.A. Chargers are minus 120. They were a trendy plus money pick prior to the year. The yes at plus 126 after a good road win yesterday in week number one. Minus 120 currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook to make the playoffs. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert's the only quarterback in NFL history with 400 completions in his first 16 career starts. Finished that beat last night, or yesterday afternoon, I should say. But coming up next, we're going to break down the Major League Baseball card for tonight. We've got strikeout props, early leans. Maybe a late game last night is going to impact a team coming up today. Hmm. Stay on the grid. Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On the morning after on Sports Grid, it is Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Time to break down the Major League Baseball card, which means we're going to the props. Let's get to K props. Strikeout prop time. I am excited because this is a pretty good matchup for a strikeout prop. First, going to the Boston Red Sox and Seattle Mariners game. I had to think about that. Almost said Seattle Seahawks. It's just that time of year. Seattle Mariners have the third highest strikeout rate in baseball, striking out 25.5% of the time, not only overall, but also against left-handed pitchers. Their strikeout rate goes up by a full percentage when they're at home. 
The Mariners have the highest strikeout rate at home, 26.5%. They strike out when playing in Seattle. The left-hander for the Red Sox, Eduardo Rodriguez, is on the mound today. He's averaging just over six strikeouts per game against teams with top 10K rates against lefties. I would take an over five and a half strikeouts on Rodriguez. That's my favorite strikeout prop of the day, Ben. I don't mind it whatsoever. There could be some strikeouts in both of those ways because the Red Sox have the sixth highest K rate uh, in the last couple of weeks in Major League Baseball as well. So maybe look out for there. And that's where I'm looking. In the last two weeks, there has been a trend working against the Minnesota Twins. Their strikeout rate against right-handers has come up. For most of the season, they had the 20th highest strikeout rate against right-handers all year long at 22.8% in the last two weeks. That has moved up to the ninth highest strikeout rate against righties in the last two weeks, 24.5%. Luis Gill is the starter for the New York Yankees today in a matchup against the Twins in a makeup game. It is early. There is some Monday afternoon baseball on this Major League Baseball slate. Now, Luis Gill hasn't pitched all that much for the Yankees, but when he has, he has been very, very impressive. He started his New York Yankees career tossing 18.2 innings of shutout ball, 18 and two-thirds scoreless innings to begin his pinstripes career. In fact, in his most recent start, he only went three and one-third innings, but he had six strikeouts against the Toronto Blue Jays, who do not strike out a ton at all. The Blue Jays, one of the lowest strikeout rates in all of Major League Baseball. So that's pretty impressive out of Luis Gill, and he has been good to start out his Major League Baseball career. So I look to his strikeout prop of five and a half against the Twins, who are striking out a bunch in the last two weeks, and looking to the over. In fact, this number has moved a little bit. Not so much the number of the strikeout prop, but the juice on either side. It was plus 102 to the over just a few moments ago, and when I checked, it was minus 102 to the over. So not so much movement, but a little bit of movement to the over of Luis Gill's strikeout prop. And we talked about it. The Yankees need a win in the worst way. They have lost eight of their last nine games, 12 of their last 15. You could also maybe look to a player performance double for Luis Gill, five or more strikeouts. You're buying a strikeout there and the Yankees to win at plus 120 on the FanDuel Sports. But currently the Yankees, a minus 196 home favorite today against the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, that's an afternoon game, making it up from a few weeks ago from a postponement. Luis Gill, aside for the last start that he had where he gave up three runs, that was the first time in three starts of his major league career, 15 innings, that he gave up a run. He was shut out. He, uh, he shut out the opponents before that in all three of those starts. He's been great. And from what people who watch baseball may know, Minnesota, just for whatever reason, can't beat the New York Yankees. I'm not looking at that side of the Subway Series, though. I'm looking at the other side. I'm looking at the New York Mets tonight. They're taking on the St. Louis Cardinals, who are still fighting for playoff positioning. They have their best pitcher on the mound this year, Adam Wainwright, making like, a hell of a comeback here. He's 7-2 and two on the road with a 3-4-4 ERA. Now going up against Rich Hill, who's pretty. he's 3-4 and four at home this year with a 4-2-2 ERA. I'm looking at a great spot for the Cardinals. They're taking advantage of a Mets team who, in the second half of the year, after they've played, even at home, a really tough series, they have lost all of those games following that. I'm talking about series against the Dodgers, the Giants, the Braves. Whenever the Mets are coming off those series, they have a lost the next game, that first game of the next series. That's why I'm looking to the St. Louis Cardinals money line. I'm also looking to the under in the game. It's dropped from eight to seven and a half. Yesterday, 13 total runs at City Field is so unconventional. City Field unders are hitting at 62 and a half percent this year. Looking at a tired Mets team, so much drama last night. It wasn't even just a great game. It was dramatic. 
that's why I could just see this being a good spot for St. Louis to take advantage. The Mets bats could flame out in this one and see this game going St. Louis and the under, Ben. Not too many games in this Monday Major League Baseball card, but this might be the most impactful. Two teams currently on the outside looking in, trying to get into that NL wild card second and final spot. The St. Louis Cardinals, thanks to winning this weekend series against the Cincinnati Reds, winning the last two games, in fact, are only one game behind both uh, Cincinnati and San Diego, who are tied for that second and final NL wild card spot at the moment. The Mets sit five games back of the Braves in the NL East, but are only three games back of that second and final National League wildcard spot. So a huge game today to start out a huge series at City Field. And the Mets have a very grueling stretch the rest of the way. Against the Cardinals right now, very difficult series remaining for New York. So this is very huge for them. If they are going to continue any positive momentum they can take out of a Subway Series win that they got against the Yankees this past weekend. And look at the line for this game. So, so close. The Cardinals, a slight underdog on the road today, but the Mets currently minus 110 as the slight favorite at home against the Cardinals, who are minus 106. You talk about Adam Wainwright. Uncle Chuck has been really, really good this year. 15 wins for the St. Louis Cardinals, a 2.98 ERA. It's a little bit worse on the road, but not by much. It's 3.44 on the road, a 2.71 ERA at home. And we know City Field, Ariel, and I focus on this game for a total as well, looking to the under of that 7.5. City Field is still the home to the most unders in all of Major League Baseball, the highest under percentage at 61.5% of the games played at City Field hitting to the under. And outside of his last start against the L.A. Dodgers, Adam Wainwright combined for five earned runs in the previous six starts prior to that most recent start against L.A. He has been very, very good. The man they call Uncle Charlie at the tender age of 40 is still pitching very well. The guy he's going up against is even older today in Rich Hill. Look at Rich Hill's last two starts. In the month of September, Rich Hill has a point. 7-5 ERA. Both of those starts coming on the road. He's been a little bit worse since being traded to the Mets in home, at home at City Field. But I think if you've seen the last couple of starts for Rich Hill, that curveball that he is known for is still slinging. The lefty is really having some bite on that curveball. I look to the under as well of that total of 7.5 in what is going to be a huge game for the National League wildcard race between the Mets and the Cardinals. The Cards a game back at the moment, and they have some chances because the Padres start a series today against the San Francisco Giants. The Reds are not in action, but the Cards, when all is said and done, could be just a half game back if they do go on the road here in New York and beat the Mets today. Very, very big series for both of these teams starting at City Field today. I was going to ask the West Coast guy himself because the Padres and Giants series is going to be huge. I would say the Giants have mm. a slight edge coming off an easier series against the Cubs. Now you have the Padres, who not only just got swept by the Dodgers, the Padres lost Blake Snell. Who knows what the injury update will be, if that groin injury is serious or not. He only pitched two-thirds of an inning yesterday. You have to feel a little bit deflated and a little bit uh, just like down on yourselves after the Padres have now fallen. They're still 20 games below what their win total was supposed to be. This has been a disappointing season. Ben, real quick in about 30 seconds, Padres, Giants, what's your takeaway? 
You Darvish has been a lot better it was at least in his most recent start but I still look at the Giants and think I'm not going to pick against them especially in their home ballpark the Dodgers are hoping and praying Ariel that this could be a series they can make up some ground in the NL West the Giants get the Padres who currently are a playoff team and in that divisional foe the Dodgers also have a divisional foe but it's the Arizona Diamondbacks who have the worst road record in all of Major League Baseball in LA. Clayton Kershaw back on the bump. The Dodgers at plus 120 right now in the NL West, just hoping for something, Ariel, to make up some ground. Coming up next, we're going to break down another game out West, yet this one in the NFL. It's the Baltimore Ravens on the road at the Vegas Raiders. First time that the Raiders will have fans in their new home stadium. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On the morning after on Sports Grid, it is Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. We have two different handles, Sports Grid and Sports Grid TV. You go there, you get the edge. You also can get any of the clips that you may have missed from our show. So make sure to go to Sports Grid and Sports Grid TV on Twitter. We're going to the NFL slate, which means since there's only one game for Monday Night Primetime Football, it is primetime props. Ben, I'm going to start with you. Ravens laying four points on the road at the Las Vegas Raiders in their opener. The total, 50 and a half. Where do you lean in the game? Ariel, can we start with that line movement? Because we discussed it briefly, but it has been fascinating to watch the line movement for this game. I think it might be an example or an indication of line movement versus actual investment in some of the bets that might be coming into this game because since this number opened up it was five and a half in favor of baltimore the ravens have suffered a litany of injuries across their offense and then even in the secondary late last week i'm sorry i keep saying that by the way i know it might be triggering for you i do apologize just setting the stage here i know i feel like it's at this point it's just like common knowledge we get past it but 83 percent of the money 83 percent of the handle is on the baltimore ravens and this line has moved against them really in all indications it was five and a half at open then down to four and a half then after the injuries to gus edwards and marcus peters last week moved down to three and a half then back up to four and a half now at four currently on the FanDuel sportsbook but 83 percent of the money is on the baltimore ravens 90 percent of the handle is backing the ravens on that money line yet it has worked against them by nearly 50 cents as John Sheeran the director of trading in the FanDuel Sportsbook did say they actually would have a worse result if the Raiders won tonight than if the Ravens won tonight and with that much public money it seems coming in on the Baltimore Ravens I think it's an example Ariel of investment versus actual market movement so it's going to be very interesting to see how this game plays out in fact the total also has 59 percent of the handle on the over yet it has now dropped by a point and a half from where it opened at 51 in the hook the way that i'm going to play this game is going to be in the props i told you i am not giving out a pick for the game i'm not too i'm not taking any sides when you bet props it's like strikeout props 
it doesn't matter if the pitcher comes away with a win as long as you go over or under your strikeout prop. That's how I feel in the props for the NFL, too. I don't need to worry. So I'm going to go to the man that I trust the most whose name's not Lamar Jackson. It's Mark Andrews. His longest receptions prop is 20 and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook. We just heard from Tom Vecchio, who's actually a Raiders fan. He said, this defense for the Raiders is terrible. I said, how do you feel about the Raiders against tight ends? He says, oh, they're bad, too. They're just bad against everyone. That said, the Ravens played four games against bottom 10 passing defenses last year. The Raiders are a bottom 10 passing defense, by the way, at least from 2020. In those four games that the Ravens played against bottom 10 passing defenses, Mark Andrews averaged 26 yards per longest reception. His longest receptions in those games... Uh, yeah, so it's average 26. I thought I wrote them all down, but I didn't. But anyway, so 20 and a half is a reasonable number to be talking about. It's probably my favorite bet of this uh, of this game. It's minus 113 on FanDuel. I have a few other props, but Ben, back to you. Any prop that stands out to you? Well, let's focus on Mark Andrews because it also might be one of my favorite props for this game as well. The over of his receiving yards prop at 58 and a half. When you look at what Mark Andrews did in the latter portion of the regular season in 2020, he went over this number in five of the last six games last regular season. And over that six game span, when he went over this number 58 and a half five times, he averaged more than seven targets a game. And I think with all that has happened to the Ravens backfield and Lamar Jackson not having a guy like Rashad Bateman out there and Sammy Watkins has been a little banged up in his first year in training camp with the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar is going to rely on Mark Andrews. It has been his favorite target. It remains his favorite target and the Ravens paid Mark Andrews in a big way just about a year ago or a week ago I should say. So Mark Andrews to the over of that 58 and a half for his receiving yards prop. I very much enjoy that. And let's talk about the Ravens or Raiders defense rather because Vegas' defense is not very good. The eighth worst total defense in all of football a year ago, allowing more than 389 yards to their opponents on a per-game basis. The 10th worst rushing defense in the NFL a year ago, which is very important when you are facing the top rushing offense in the NFL in each of the last two seasons. So quickly, I just want to hit on Lamar Jackson's rushing yards prop tonight. It's at 71 and a half. It's where my eye first went, knowing that the Ravens are without their leading backs in this game, and J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and even Justin Hill, Justice Hill, and they will rely on Tyson Williams. So I look to that over for Lamar Jackson, but he only went over this number of 71.5 in six games last year in the regular season. And although he ran in double-digit amount of times, he had double-digit rushing attempts in nine of the last 11 games for the Ravens a season ago, including the postseason, Facing a bottom 10 rushing defense last year, which the Raiders were a season ago in 2020, Lamar Jackson actually went under this number of 71 and a half. Five of the six times he faced a bottom 10 rushing defense. So that rushing yards prop was where my eye first went for Lamar Jackson. But I think I'm going to avoid that tonight. I'm not going to play that one for this game between the Ravens and the Raiders. Thank you to Mark Zinno, who just texted me this stat a few minutes ago. He's friend of the show here. He says that Lamar Jackson's 19-1 and when he rushes for over 70 yards. The only loss was against the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe I'll just bet the over and hope that the trend continues. I'm just kidding. Again, I'm not taking a side. The thing that I will say is if you continue to stress how bad the Vegas defense is, then that's probably like just jinxing it. I'm so superstitious. I'm going to start talking about the Ravens defense and my concerns for them 
Losing Marcus Peters was bigger than losing any of the three running backs that the Ravens lost in the last month. The cornerback has made this Ravens defense number one through three in every statistical category since joining the team in 2019. That said, I could see Derek Carr in this Raiders offense look to attack that side of the field. Wherever you thought Marcus Peters was going to be, that's where Derek Carr is going to try to attack. That's why I'm looking for Derek Carr's uh, passing yards prop, excuse me, over 258 and a half passing yards. Not only that, against top 10 passing defenses last year, he still was good. Carr threw 284 yards against New Orleans, 261 yards against the New England Patriots. That's why I would target the over on the passing yards because I don't know who he's going to throw to. Uh, when I looked at how the Ravens played against tight ends last year, they were pretty good against them. No one had the over on Darren or the Darren Waller receiving yards. No one had the over there. So that's why I would say I would go over 258 and a half passing yards for Derek Carr in this game, Ben. So if Mark Andrews in his receiving yards prop is maybe my favorite on the board, right? Tied with that. Maybe 1A, 1B, whatever it might be, is Derek Carr's passing attempts prop tonight at 34 and a half. And the under of this number actually has more juice on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Minus 125. The over is at minus 106 for that passing attempts prop of 34 and a half. Again, Derek Carr did not go over this number a bunch last year. He played 15 full regular season games last year for Vegas, that he was there and healthy and played the entire duration of the game. He only went over this number of 34 and a half passing attempts in six of those full 15 games, but over in three of the final four games, he was fully healthy in a full participant last year for the Las Vegas Raiders. It ties back to the idea that I don't think the Raiders have a very good defense. I think this has the potential of being close to a shootout or at least where the Raiders are playing from behind a good majority of the game. And if Josh Jacobs and his status is questionable for tonight against the Ravens, and maybe they don't feel as comfortable with Kenyon Drake being the lion's share of that running workload, it could lead to a lot of passing attempts from Derek Carr because what they have and what they trust is Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, and certainly Darren Waller for the Las Vegas Raiders. So I think they could throw the ball a ton of a ton tonight in a game they might be playing from behind out in the desert. So I would look to Derek Carr's over of his passing attempts prop at 34 and a half. Also, Kenyon Drake, who I mentioned, I liked his rushing yards prop earlier on in the show. All of those odds, at least from a rushing perspective for the Raiders, are off the FanDuel Sportsbook at the moment, as I'm sure they are evaluating the status of Josh Jacobs. So one final thing about this game, Ariel, that I think needs to be stressed. The Raiders had the highest over percentage of any team in the NFL a season ago. 12-3-1 to the over last year were the Vegas Raiders. That's a total of 80% of their games being played to the over. And their defense is not very good. And I think that is the reason why. So I would look to the Ravens team total before the game total overall. Because the Ravens actually played a good majority of their games to the under. I trust Baltimore's defense even more so. So I would look to the Ravens team total over of 27, which would kind of correlate to all the offensive props we have laid out here tonight between this Monday night football game in Vegas. I have one more prop. However, it's not out yet. They've been putting these props out pretty late just because you heard John Sheeran mention it. The defenses haven't really caught up. There's been a lot of missed tackles in the first week, yet it is the best market, I feel, to attack. Similar to how the strikeout prop market is really fun early in the year, the tackles prop market, it just feels once these defensive players start to heat up, the book can't catch up. 
That's why I'm looking to the second-year player for the Ravens, Patrick Queen, their linebacker. I'm not sure what his number is. Whatever it is, it's going to obviously change whether I take it or not. However, he led the Ravens with 106 tackles last year in his rookie season. He averaged just under seven tackles per game, and he had nine games with six or more tackles. If you're going to give me a five-and-a-half, a a a six-and-a-half for total tackles on Patrick Queen, I'm taking the over. Roquan Smith was at seven and a half yesterday, and he went over the linebacker for the Bears. That's why I could look to the linebackers, and I'm going to say Patrick Queen, maybe, of course, as long as the number's not too high, we could take the over on his total tackles prop. Probably won't come out until later on this afternoon. Coming up next, former odds maker Dave Sharapan going to join the show. He's a big Steelers fan. We may not be getting along for the next, what, five, six months. I guess that's why I don't talk to my production crew anymore either. Stay here on the grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're back on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204, with Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Joining us now, former odds maker, Dave Sherpan. Oh, God, the picture of you is going to show up now on the screen. And um, it's it's worse than I thought. It's worse. See, I thought Dave was going to show up with his stupid Steelers hat on. And here he is wearing oh. his stupid Steelers and stupid Steelers jersey. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-oh. Thank you for rubbing it in, Dave Sherpan. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning. You know, from nighttime in Pittsburgh, we got a little more Pittsburgh on you a little bit to re- just remind you what's coming. That's all. We're just reminding you. First place, first place, AFC North, Pittsburgh Steelers, along with the Cincinnati Bengals. We could also Amazing. say crazy things like first place, AFC South, Houston Texans, which, by the way, in case anybody missed it, like we told everybody yesterday that they were going to win, and that was one of the best games. So, there's a couple mm-hmm. things happening, but it's it's a pleasure to be here uh, on a Monday. What's up? I do want to start there, Dave, because you mentioned a bunch of underdogs, including your Steelers. What was it about week one underdogs that was such a winning bet? Okay, the, the first week usually goes one of two ways. Most of the favorites win, or you get a rare Haley's Comet like you did yesterday, where you get 11 dogs cover, eight outright win, and most sportsbook directors are planning their their vacation in February to places <laughs> like Aruba and Hawaii and things like that after a week like this. The books just sometimes the numbers tell you a story. Yesterday, the numbers told me, and I say it all the time, and I'll use the different word, but nobody knows Squadoosh. Well, the books don't know either because you, the lines were three or seven or close to pick the whole board. And they all went most of the way of the dog. That usually means uh, those teasers, no good. Parlays, not too good. Um, those player props, though, you guys were you were all over those player props. 
And that might be where the edges are to be had even for Monday Night Football. My first question to you, Dave, quickly here is how do you spell skadoosh? Oh, it's a lot of it's a Q in there. Squadoosh. Yeah. There's a couple O's. And then if you really like to drag it out, it's a couple more O's. So SQUA, okay. S-Q-U-A-D-O-O-O-O-S-H. Squadoosh. Okay. I like it. I like it. So before we focus on week two and maybe the overreaction to week number one, there is still one final game on this Monday night. And although it is nighttime in Pittsburgh, you are out in the desert in Las Vegas. And this has been interesting to me, Dave, because there has been so much line movement on this game, yet it seems the public is only backing the Baltimore Ravens. 83% of the money is backing the Ravens against the spread, yet the number has worked against them from five and a half to as low as three and a half, currently four on the FanDuel Sportsbook. What do you make of that market movement? Um, I was out yesterday in the books all day. There was almost nobody here that thought the Ravens were going to win this game. The hype is real in Las Vegas, okay? So nationally, maybe more people public, whomever this guy is, this, this Joe Public, I've been looking for him for two decades in the book. I can't find him. <laughs> but he he's there, and he's backing a lot of Ravens money elsewhere. But the Vegas money here, everybody thinks they're just going to win outright. Like, I am actually leading Baltimore, saying this in a Steelers stuff. People that are from Pittsburgh, forgive me. But sometimes business is just business. I, I like the, the, the Ravens. I mean, yeah, I like the Ravens in the game. Now, you know, they can't run the ball. They don't have any running backs. They just picked up a guy apparently last week. I don't know who's going to run the ball. I know I got Lamar, and I know I got the better defense. And for right now, that's all I think I need. But we'll see. I mean, <laughs> you have to move the number based on the money. It's inching down, which leads me to believe it's a lot of mm, – I don't know what the word is. It's a it's a volume of money. It's not a certain bad guy or a quote unquote rhombus or parallelogram, you know, sharp guy moving the number. I think it's I think it's a little bit overrated this number how it's moving. Dave Sharapan, former odds maker and friend of the show here on Sports Grid, joining us now. Dave, when it comes to this Baltimore Ravens Kansas City Chiefs game coming up next week, there's already been movement. The Chiefs just got a win over the Cleveland Browns. This game moved already from minus one, one and a half to minus two and a half with the Chiefs as road favorites in Baltimore. Why is this line already on the move without the Ravens even playing? So this is one of the most fun things that I really did every week during football season was put up the number on the game involving the team that hasn't played yet. You always do it. And usually week one NFL, there were two games. So there was like four teams that you had to mess around with in week two. Kansas City opened up one and a half. The books were thinking, listen, this is going to be a battle. This is going to be a really good game. It's a, Kansas City's got to be favored because everybody knows this guy, Patrick Mahomes. They've been to the Super Bowl. They lost. They won. They're going to bet Kansas City. they got to be favored. I would argue you could make it pick because I don't know if you've been to Baltimore for a football game. Pretty tough place to play. You would know yep. firsthand. They bet the Chiefs based on what they think is going to happen tonight. I mean, obviously you can't predict an injury, but if Lamar gets hurt, Kansas City's minus seven, right? If they play the game and Baltimore loses and you have one and a half, it's going to be KC minus two and a half or three. That's what they bet. 
whomever bet and moved that number, bet that Baltimore wins a close game tonight or loses outright to the Raiders. They're not always right either, though, Big A. I, I, don't, I don't sweat them. I wouldn't sweat them. I think the Ravens are a pretty good bet tonight. Big A okay. will be in Big B next week in Baltimore for this game between the Chiefs and the Ravens. So if anybody it's a totally selfish knows firsthand. Win. I need it. I need it. I need them to win. I can't deal with them going 0-1 into a game with the Chiefs. No. Here's here's also well, one listen. thing, Dave Sharapan. Ariel said today she's not picking a game, not picking the game tonight from a side perspective, making her like Kirk Herbstreet on college game day. So do you want to be uh. Lee Corso or should I be Lee Corso? You do it. You do it. Okay, cool. Give me the headgear. We'll get this game going in our TV'd up segment. But Dave, when it comes to those week two lines based off of week one, what does the book's process look like in terms of overreacting or not reacting as much to any of the market moves we might see as we look ahead to week number two of the NFL season? So I had the pleasure at CG for years of doing these numbers in May. And a lot of these numbers are already done. They weren't based on anything that you saw in week one. You were already kind of had the season laid out. You had numbers already set up. And you had already taken bets, actually, on some of them. Um, then the slight reaction is what you saw in week one or injuries or question marks about starting positions and things like that. That's it. So I, I think the beauty of of you know, formerly uh, making numbers and being an odds maker has taught me that overreaction stuff is it's fun because it increases action, but you don't really move the number on it. So um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting after this game tonight and really things settle. If there's gonna be the movement Tuesday through Friday is one thing, that movement Sunday morning is another. And I think you'll, you guys, you know it. You start to see it. Um, there's a lot of head fakes. I don't think there's anything you got to worry about too much right now. Worrying about week two today, tomorrow it starts. The NFC West continued to impress us. The NFC West mm. had everybody in its division win. I look at this division like the National League West, where at any given point, one of the two teams at the top could surpass each other, except in the NFC West so far, I could see any of these four teams getting to the top. Dave, how do you book such close markets? The NFC West is going to be the most fun market to book because you can kind of dictate the action. Because I think you could put them in an order, one through four, up or down, and it could be any order right now. Arizona goes on the road and spanks Tennessee. The Rams looked really good yesterday against the Bears. Mm. The Niners just did what they did, but the story of the day, gambling-wise, was the comeback. Down 24 with, like, I don't know how much time left. The Lions got to within seven or eight. And, um, you know, the Seattle just does what they do. So I think uh, – I think this is one we're going to be talking about a lot, and they're going to start to beat each other up when they start to play. But right now, I mean, I like the Rams. You might like the Niners, and Ben will tell me well, you know, why Seattle could win. It's great. I think it's awesome, and I, I appreciate when books leave this stuff up. Some books take this stuff down after week one. Like, ah, we don't want any more division bets. Are you crazy? We're betting this thing all the way to week 17. Hopefully it's still not decided. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a blast to talk about. 
And Dave, I think this is a fascinating market because you see plus money prices for all four teams and they're all so yeah. compact near each other. In fact, the Rams had movement against them despite a win on Sunday night football from plus 200 to plus 210. Only a couple of cents, but still movement against them. On the flip side of the coin for how good the NFC West was yesterday oh, and might be for the rest of this season, the NFC North stunk it up yesterday nobody in that division all four teams went winless yesterday so despite all of that and despite a very disappointing effort against the new orleans saints the green bay packers had their odds get longer to win that division on fanduel they are minus 175 to do just that how concerned are you by what you saw out of green bay yesterday i i really really like aaron Rodgers, and i think he said it already it's only one game it is only one game. There's no concern. Listen, I, we were talking about this game yesterday, too, on Sunday. Like, I really like the Saints. Like, that was just a mess. I can't believe they stayed favored when they moved that game to Jacksonville. It stayed the same number. Like, that was making it worse, the move to Jacksonville. Like, it was just too much for going on. And then the fans, yes, fans, no, whatever. Um, Detroit is going to really be, yeah. I you don't <laughs> worry about Detroit, <laughs> Chicago. Um, what I saw, uh, I don't think they're going to go 500. But I mean, the Rams are going to make people look bad. They they got to get Fields in there and just just end it and just yep. play. And until they do, I think under 500. The Vikings are the Vikings. When are we going to get better on the road? When are we, I mean, you know, it's a joke in the sports book. Oh, Kirk Cousins on the road. You bet against that yep. every time, like every yep. single time. Yes. Who's going to win? What, the odds should get longer on, on the Packers because they're going to get it right before anyone else does. Yeah, if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I'm sitting there looking at the Vikings losing to the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm thinking, yeah, I've got a few games of leeway. Dave, just about one minute left. Give me your final prediction for tonight. What would the best bet be of the night if you had to bet it? I like the Ravens. Uh, I, I've already started to see a couple three-and-a-halves pop up. I can't believe it. But minus four, I think, is fine. That's probably the bottom in most places. I like the over. I, I Until I see the Raiders' defense last season was over, 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 and what, what changed, not much. I, I think despite the fact that, you know, we might need Ben Scott Stevens to suit up and run the ball, although he's an old quarterback, I don't know who's running the ball for, for, for the Ravens, but I think I'm going to bet on John Harbaugh figuring it out. Over is the best bet tonight. You have your choice of jerseys. They're out of running backs on both sides of the ball for the Raiders <laughs> and the Ravens. Dave Sharpen, right. thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations to your Steelers. We'll see you again yes. next week. Yes, thank you. Coming up next, it's our best bets of the day until Bet to Us Part. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
final segment on the morning after on Sports Grid. Thanks for tuning in on Overreaction Monday, Sirius XM, Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. It's time for our best bets of the day. Let's get to to bet to us part. I'm not sure. Siri went off. I guess it didn't like to bet to us part. Anyway, it is a football Monday. The Baltimore Ravens are in action. I told you I'm not giving out a bet for taking a side. I will take a side with a player. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens tight end, Mark Andrews. The Ravens have a lot of injuries. They've lost their entire running back room. They also don't have one of Lamar Jackson's favorite end zone threats in Miles Boykin. They don't even have their rookie wide receiver, Rashad Bateman. Who's he going to? His favorite, most reliable tight end, Mark Andrews. Here's the thing. Mark Andrews has attacked teams who have bad defenses. Last year against teams that were bottom 10 in passing defenses, Mark Andrews was averaging 26 yards per longest reception. His longest reception prop tonight, 20 and a half yards. I'm taking the over on Mark Andrews. Longest reception prop of 20 and a half. Ben, what do you like tonight? And I'm taking the over on Mark Andrews' receiving yards prop of 58.5 because, like you mentioned, Ariel, the Raiders had the eighth worst total defense in all of the NFL a season ago, allowing their opponents to rack up 389 yards of total offense. So I think the Raiders are going to be playing from behind tonight, which leads to what? A ton of passes and at least passing attempts out of the biggest Raiders starting quarterback, Derek Carr. I'm taking the over of his passing attempts prop of 34 and a half. He only played in 15 fully healthy games a season ago and only went over this number six times, but did go over this number of 34 and a half in three of those final four healthy games for the Raiders a season ago. Playing from behind, trying to catch up to the Ravens, who might also go over their team total. I think Derek Carr goes over his passing attempts prop of 34 and a half. Deep breaths. I hopefully will survive this game. For Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Maybe I'll show up to work tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on The Morning After. We'll see you tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on The Grid. Where you get your information is at least as important as what it is. We're your trust.